0: This is the Steve Freeman Podcast.
1: Today, I want to talk about toxic people. And I want to come at this from maybe an area that you guys have not thought about before. Because in all honesty, I think a lot of people deal with having toxic people in their life, because you may not quite know that they are toxic. Now, you may be saying, Steve, what do you mean by that? I think many of you have people surrounding you right now that you think are friends, um, that you think are people that have your best interest at heart that don't, that are actually toxic people. So what I wanted to go over today was a list of 12 different ways, 12 different indicators that you can identify somebody in your life as being a toxic person. Because let me tell you, there is nothing worse than having toxic people around you because they just ooze that toxicity off of them. And it, it falls over onto you and it starts to become a weight and a burden on you. And some of these different ways, I think when you start to think about the people that are in your immediate circle and you start to apply some of these identifiers, you're going to notice pretty quick exactly what I'm talking about. The thing that surprises me a lot is when I actually went through this list and I was looking for myself, um, I actually identified several people in my life that I do consider are toxic. And then it's on me to start weeding those people out of my life. Now, I'm not saying that these people aren't good people. And a lot of times they don't even know that they're being toxic. They don't know that they are preventing you or keeping you from your destiny. We all have the goals we're trying to achieve. It's almost impossible, though, to achieve those goals whenever you have people around you that subconsciously or not are toxic to your environment. There are also a lot of people that are very well aware that they are toxic and but they're also manipulative. And that's one of the ways that we're going to talk about here in a second. So I want to run down this list because I think this is so important. I get so many messages and emails from you guys. And and when you give me the descriptions of the things that you're doing and they're not turning into the results that you should be seeing, if in fact what you're telling me is the truth, I inevitably always start to come back to, okay, who is in your circle? Because something's not working right. And we've talked before about success in anything is is basically like a a very expensive, fine-tuned watch. There are a lot of different gears that have to be turning. And they all have to be turning simultaneously for things to move forward and to progress and to work the way that they're supposed to work for you to actually achieve these goals. If one piece of that watch, if one gear in that watch is not turning, the whole thing shuts down. So when I see and hear from so many of you that I look at the, and I'm like, okay, you're doing that right. You're That's exactly what you're supposed to be doing there. Okay, you're doing that. Perfect. And it's still not working. This is where it leads me back to. It, it leads me back to there is something, there is, there is a gear not turning. And more times than not, when I end up speaking with you guys individually and directly, whether it's on a, a one-on-one uh, strategy call or, or something like that, or even friends of mine that I try to help from time to time, It always comes back to a person that is in their life that is actually not adding value, but is actually being toxic. So let's run down these 12 ways of identifying toxic people in your life and and the kind of the traits of these toxic people. Number one, they'll keep you guessing about which version of them you're getting. Now, how does that... Does that start to resonate with anybody at all? They'll be completely lovely one day, and the next, you'll be wondering what you've done to upset them. I see this more often than not. I have relationships and have had relationships with people in the past where we have a great working relationship. Even at some point, I would think that, that I could call them friend, um, and then all of a sudden, it just stops. No text messages back and forth, no calls. And it does exactly what this point is saying. And that is they keep me guessing about which version of themselves I'm going to get. That is point number one, identifier number one of how to tell if somebody is toxic in your environment or toxic to the efforts that you're trying to put out there. Can you look around your circle of people and realize, you know what, there are these two or three, four people, maybe sometimes it's even just one person. And you know what? This can be a family member. This can be a friend. This can be a coworker. It can be a frequent collaborator. You just never quite know what version of them that you're going to get. And they keep you guessing about who they really are because your interactions with them and your experience with them vary depending on their mood or your mood or who's doing what at the moment. Very important to think about. Number two, they will manipulate. How many people listening to this or watching this right now willingly put yourself into situations with people that you know are manipulating them? If you feel as though you're the only one contributing to the relationship, now I see this one a lot. You feel like you are putting in all the work, but that there are no fruits. You're planting all the seeds, but nothing's growing. I think that's this is so prevalent in the entertainment business, because like I've said many, many times, it's a me business. It is not a we business. Toxic people have a way of sending out the vibe that you owe them something. They also have a way of taking from you or doing something that hurts you, then maintaining they were doing it for you all along. Now, how many times, I know situations like this in my life right now, I can look back over the years, I've gotten pretty good at seeing through people. I'm a really good see-through people person. My, my radar is up active and it, and it functions very, very well. But manipulation is something that everybody in this business is going to go through because it is a me business. People try to manipulate you. And then they go even further, which is even more toxic to the relationship, is they try to convince you that they're being the way that they're being for you and that somehow this is all about you when we all know that it's really not. I know as I'm reading these things off, I know you guys are picturing people in your own life and it's not healthy. It is actually preventing you from getting where you want to go. Number three, they won't own their own feelings. Rather than owning their own feelings, they'll act as though the feelings are yours. It's called projection, as in projecting their feelings and thoughts onto you. For example, someone who is angry but won't take responsibility for it might accuse you of being angry with them, and then they're just reacting to you. They won't own their own feelings. I think as we go through this, we're probably adding more and more people to your roster of people that you're picturing in your mind, and you're seeing that all these people around you are doing these things number four they'll make you prove yourself to them now this one is a little bit more on the nose, and this is one you can probably see coming, but a lot of the time when and I've done this in my own life guys i'm not just i'm not preaching at you I'm applying this to my own life. I can look back over the years and over the relationships and quote-unquote friendships that I could swear that I've had. I can see where people have regularly put me in a position to where I had to choose between them and something else. And because of the friendship, because they may be doing this for you, then you feel automatically obligated to choose them, their line of thinking, what they think you should be doing. And all of that is a form of trying to make you prove yourself to them, constantly proving your loyalty, constantly approving, uh, uh, making you approve their love, constantly proving yourself. And that in and of itself is a job. Being around somebody like that is, 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 it's toxic. That's what we're talking about, but it's a full-time fucking job. Who wants that job? It's very taxing on you. So be very wary of people that try to constantly make you prove themselves to you. That's indicator number four. Number five is a big one. Number five, they never apologize. They'll lie before they ever apologize just so there's no point to arguing. They'll twist the story, change the way it happened, and retell it so convincingly that they'll believe their own nonsense. This Something else, by the time you get to number five, Also sounds a lot like narcissism and toxic people technically and typically are narcissistic. How's that for a big word, folks? Narcissistic. And I didn't even stumble over it. So two points for me. But these people never apologize again when they are in the wrong. They make you feel like it's your fault. And then they won't apologize for it. Instead of apologizing, going back to point number four, they make you prove yourself to them. See how one sided this relationship is? It becomes all about these people and propping these people up. Again, that's a full time job. Number six, they'll be in a crisis, but they'll never ever share your joy. How many times have you heard that? There are people in our lives that that are more than willing to help drag us down. And and when we're not feeling right, we're not feeling good. We're not feeling successful. When, when we're at the bottom of the heap, they will jump right in and they will share your pity party and they will get you fired up. They will keep you angry. They will keep you upset. They are more than willing to do that. But when the tide turns, and positive things starts to ha- start to happen in your life, in your career, in your surroundings. If it doesn't directly reflect on them and elevate them as well, they do not share in your joy. They'll go even further and find reasons your good news isn't good news. How many of you, I know you're picturing people right now. The classic about a promotion, the money isn't that great for the amount of work you'll be doing. Let's take it to our business. Now, it's a publishing deal, but I mean, it's not with one of the major publishing deals. Oh, you signed a record? Yeah, they don't have any big artists on their record, on their label. What makes you think they're going to, you know, be any help for you? Or, you know, they just can't be happy for you. I had so many people like this in my life. And I can't tell you the number of times and the number of people. And I'm talking very popular people in the music industry right now huge hit songwriters that have written countless number ones over the last two, three years that I helped along the way that I found at the the infancy of their career and that I helped along the way that are this way right here. When I was helping them, they were all about me. But when I helped get them where they wanted to go, they forgot all about me. So they were more than willing to, to let me struggle to help them. And, and when things weren't good, they were right there. But, man, when things got good, they did not want to share in the joy. Even right now, the success of the podcast and, and the, the artist agency and everything that we have going on, I don't hear from them. Matter of fact, one of my closest friends for many years is one of the most successful songwriters in Nashville right now and has been for the last couple of years. I haven't heard from that motherfucker in, in five years Until the other day, he wanted to disagree with something that I posted on Facebook. So he was willing to get on my Facebook page and comment on something that he wanted to disagree with or tell me that I was wrong with. Haven't received a text message, email, phone call from this idiot in over five years. And we were very close friends. That's exactly what I'm talking about. He sees all the posts. He sees everything that's going on. He sees the success stories. Not a congratulations, Steve, or man, I'm so happy for you. That's awesome. None of that. He just wants to hop in the mud and try to drag me down. So this is what I'm talking about. I think these are very important. Meanwhile, I cut that guy off many years ago, and I sent him an email when I did it, and I said, "We're done. I don't care if I ever hear from you again. You you shit on our friendship. Um, I thought this, and I thought that, and we, and then nothing." So it's important as you start to realize and recognize these tendencies and traits inside these toxic people and what they are and what they can do to you and what they mean to your success and the the journey that you're on. You have to root these people out at all costs, at all costs. Get rid of toxic people in your life. Uh, How about number seven? They'll leave a conversation unfinished and then they'll go offline. I see this all the time. They won't pick up their phone. They won't answer texts or emails. And in between rounds of their voicemail messages, you may find yourself playing the conversation or argument over and over in your head, guessing about the status of the relationship, wondering what you've done to upset them or whether they're dead or alive or just ignoring you, which can sometimes feel just about the same. People who care about you won't let you go on feeling rubbish without attempting to sort it out. That doesn't mean you'll sort it out all the time, but at least they'll try. Take it as a sign of their investment in the relationship with you that if they leave you quote unquote out there for lengthy sessions or lengthy periods of time, they are not in this with you. They are toxic to you. It's a toxic relationship and they are a toxic person. Cut them out immediately. Number eight, they'll use non-toxic words with a toxic tone. This message, uh, the message might be innocent enough, uh, but the tone conveys so much more. Something like, what what did you do today? Can mean different things depending on the way it's said. It could mean anything from, so I bet you did nothing as usual to, I'm sure your day was better than mine. Mine was awful, just awful. And you didn't even notice enough to ask. Again, another form of manipulation. It's about turning everything around to them and constantly having to prop them up and make them feel good about themselves. As you start to think about these identifiers, how many of these people that you're thinking about that you're picturing in your mind right now that do these things to you and make you feel this way,
0: how many times can you remember in the past that they've propped you up? I left a significant pause there because
1: I would imagine that most of you can't think of a single time that the people that are fitting these traits are actually guilty of propping you up, of trying to make you feel better. Because it's all about these people, toxic people are all about tearing down. They're not about building. They're not about building up. They're not about support. They're about putting you in a position of feeling guilty so that you prop them up, that you support them, that you keep them going. And that's just too much for one person. You you do not have the emotional stamina, the stamina, or the physical stamina to prop up somebody else full time. It's hard enough keeping ourselves going. It's hard. It's hard enough keeping ourselves motivated and driven to accomplish the things we want to accomplish on a day to day basis. Let alone having somebody else that we then assume that responsibility for. Point number nine: They'll bring irrelevant detail into a conversation. When you're trying to resolve something important to you, toxic people will bring in irrelevant details from five arguments ago. The problem with this is that before you know it, you're arguing about something you did six months ago, still defending yourself rather than dealing with the issue at hand. Somehow, it just always seems to end up about what you've done to them. Again, it's selfish. Are you starting to see that? Toxic people are very selfish. It is all about me, 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 and what you haven't done to make me feel better. Point number 10, they'll make it about the way you're talking rather than what you're talking about. You might be trying to resolve an issue or get clarification. And before you know it, the conversation slash argument, has moved away from the issue that was important to you and onto the manner in which you talked about it, whether there is an issue with your manner or not. You'll find yourself defending your tone, your gestures, your choice of words, or the way your belly moves when you breathe. It doesn't even need to make sense. Meanwhile, your initial need is, well, gone on the pile of unfinished conversations that seems to grow bigger and bigger and bigger by the day. These are some really good points. I'm going to give you the link. I'll put the link to this down in the show notes. Um, When I found this, I just thought, man, this is so interesting. This is so helpful. Again, because I think so many of you are not reaching your potential or are not reaching your goals, not because of the things that you're not doing properly or not doing at all. I think many of you have the variations of trying to do everything or a little bit of everything as much as you can. I think you guys are surrounded in the wrong circle. I think you've got toxic people around you. am I really satisfied with my life? And I want you to ask yourself that question. Are you really satisfied? Because time is short. You know, I mean, I get reminded of that all the time, whether it's friends that pass away or we all watch the news or social media when we see an actor or a musician that has passed way too soon. Um, and even what, what we're going through with COVID and, and everything else, it makes people nervous and, and, and unsure and unsettled. I think it's important that we ask ourselves this question Am I really satisfied with my life? Now, there are different levels of being satisfied. I think when you look around, it's like, it's like with, with me and personally, um, when I think about the life that I live right now, I cannot say that I am unsatisfied. I mean, I look, my children are healthy. I'm healthy. My wife is healthy. The rest of my family is healthy. And and for most of us, we, we look over those things. We, we don't think about those things as much because we're so focused most of the time professionally and on our personal goals that we're trying to reach or that we're trying to achieve that often we take for granted the little things that are make up basically our everyday life. And that is the, the people that immediately surround you health. You heard, uh, in, in one of the previous episodes, um, me talking to Frank Stallone and I, I point blank asked Frank, I said, you know, looking back over all of your accomplishments, what are you, what are you most proud of? What's most valuable to you? And Frank said health. I, I mean, I was fully expecting him to talk about golden globes and, 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 Grammys and, and hit records and big movies. No, it was health. He was most grateful for his health. So I want to talk about a couple of different ways that we might can do this, that we might can not stop trying to achieve our goals, not trying to stop being successful in, in, in the, the pursuit of that. But maybe a little more focus on us, a little more focus on our person, a little more focus on the day to day, because let's face it, guys, I I will give I will tell you personally. And I may have said this before, and if I have, then forgive me, but I'm going to say it again. Every time in my life, I have set a major goal out in front of me and I've achieved it. I realized that that was not the end of that road. Then I just put another waypoint way out there in front to give me something else to work towards. I think before when I said I, I, it's almost like a mountaintop, you think like in the music business and what I've done for 30 years is I, I've I always looked up there and I saw the the top of this mountain. And I was convinced that when I got to the top of that mountain, that that was me achieving my goal. That was the end destination, was the top of that mountain. And I worked and worked and I persevered and I was consistent and I sacrificed. Everybody around me sacrificed. My wife sacrificed. My kids sacrificed. My parents sacrificed. My friends, everybody sacrificed so that I could reach the top of that mountain. But when I got to the top of that mountain, I just saw the peak of another mountain that I couldn't see while I was climbing the mountain that I was currently on. So listen, there's, you're not, even though when you think in your mind, what are your goals? What are your dreams? What are you trying to achieve? If, if, and when you achieve them, you're just going to set another set of goals, another dream that you try, you're trying to accomplish. We're that way as humans, right? If you really think about it, I, I, and again, I'll put this on me forever and ever. I remember I wanted a Corvette, And so I got to the point in my career where I went and bought a Corvette. Well, then the Corvette wasn't enough. Then I really wanted a Porsche. So I got a Porsche. And then it was like, man, I really want a Shelby GT500. So I went and got a Shelby GT500. And then it was like, man, I got to have one of those ZR1 Camaros. So I went and bought the ZR1 Camaro. Then it's, man, I want a Ford F250. I need a truck. I don't have a truck. And then one day I walked outside and I had nine cars. And there's only seven days a week. So you can only drive one per day. And it's ridiculous to just go drive different cars all day. I did the same thing with studio equipment, man. I really want to have this microphone and I got, Oh, I want that microphone. I want this mic pre, I want this computer. Then I got, got all of that full recording studio. Then it's like, man, I really got into cinematography. So I got to have this camera. Oh, now this new camera came. It is constantly going to be something else. If you're, if somewhere in your mind, You have convinced yourself that the the current set of goals that you have are the end. You are sadly mistaken. They are temporary. They only last as long as it takes for you to get there. Then you're going to, as a creative or as a driven person, you're going to want to accomplish more. You're going to want to go on. You're going to want to, now it's this and now it's that. I promise you. So maybe there is some validity to saying, okay, look, yes, those are my immediate goals. Those are not the final goals. Those are not the final destination. But knowing that, why don't I stop and smell the roses a little bit? Knowing that if I'm putting everything into reaching this destination that I've set out there in front of me right now, if I know now that that's not the end of the road, if I know now that when I achieve those goals and I reach that destination, that's not the end, you're not prohibiting yourself. Or being negative on yourself if you go, you know what, maybe I'll take a little bit more time to get there. Maybe I'll stop and smell the roses a little bit along the way. Maybe I'll enjoy the journey a little bit more. And it's because we do that, I think that if we're honest with ourselves, if you really ask, am I satisfied with my life? I'm not talking about are you the only satisfaction rule being if you've achieved your goals or not. That cannot be the litmus test of whether or not you're satisfied because, like I said, you're never going to ultimately get there. There's always going to be somebody else. So the answer to that question is no, you are not satisfied because you are constantly in process of trying to reach that next goal, of trying to accomplish that next thing. Let's focus on trying to be satisfied right now. There's nothing wrong with, it's not complacent to be able to look around and go, I'm not all the way at the, to my destination yet, but I'm going to enjoy this journey. There is no rule. There's nothing out there that says you aren't allowed to enjoy the journey of this trip. Nothing whatsoever. And guys, like I said, I, I, am, I am probably a thousand percent more guilty of this than you guys are. So I am preaching to myself. I, I am not reaching through this camera, through this microphone and trying to shake you and get you into fucking shape. I'm getting myself into shape just as much as humanly possible. I, I, I want to be able to enjoy. I, look, guys. And it, it hit me really hard. And it was it, I fought everything that I could possibly do, not just to break down into tears. But I realized my daughter a couple of weeks ago turned 17 years old. One more year and she's off to college and she's off for the rest of her life. What made me sad was not the fact that she's at that point in her life. What made me sad is that I wasn't present for more of the 17 years up to this point. And those are times, those are
0: years, those are conversations that I will never get the chance to have back. I'll never get them back. That is part of the cost of not taking each moment and
1: realizing that it's okay to achieve the goals. It's okay to to try to get there as fast as humanly possible. But if it comes at the expense of having a satisfied life on a day-to-day basis, it's not worth it. It's not. So I want to go over some ways with you um, that I, I think are very important. And there's just seven of them. But one is focus on the positive. Look, it's easy for everybody to get caught up in the negative, especially right now. You can't turn on the news. You can't get on social media. Everybody's fucking fighting back and forth. You're right. You're wrong. I'm right. You're wrong. White, black, red, blue. It's, it's black lives matter. All lives matter. Police lives. It's, it's,
0: it's, it's a fight. It's negativity. You've got to focus on the positive. And again, I'm just as
1: guilty. This starts every day when you wake up every morning. When you open your eyes first thing in the morning, your first thought should be, it's not, and I'm not saying this literally, but do you realize when you wake up, you open your eyes, you make that first conscious breath of being awake, you're alive. And if you have a hard time thinking of anything positive, because I know me, if, if you just came up to me on the street and you ask me, find some positive, find the positive. First thing you do when you wake up in the morning, find the positive. My immediate thing jumps to, what have I got to do today? Am I doing a podcast episode today? Am I in the studio today? Uh, am I traveling today? Am I going to be able to? That's where I jump to because, and I know that's where you jump to first as well,
0: but it shouldn't be. It should start with, we're breathing. We're alive. That's a pretty damn good positive
1: place to start your day, is just realizing that you are actually alive.
0: A lot of people aren't. And a lot of people don't have tomorrow. So I think that's a positive place to start. If, you, if, you're,
1: having, if you're struggling right now, whether it's career, whether it's personally, if you're struggling, you're having a hard time, if it's a mental health issue, start with I opened my eyes this morning and I took a breath. That, folks, is positive. It's all downhill from there. And whatever happens between this morning and tomorrow morning, when you wake up tomorrow morning and your eyes open and you take that first breath, again, positive. Whatever happens between those two is really irrelevant and it doesn't really matter because none of it matters if you don't wake up, open your eyes and take that first breath. None of it matters. Whether or not you achieved your goal, whether or not you got this person to do this or this person to pay you to do this, none of that matters. Did I get my song on the radio? Did I sell this house? Did we have more customers? None of it matters if you didn't first open your eyes and be able to take a breath. I know a lot of you, when you look around, because of the times that we're in right now, it is very difficult to find positivity, but it's there. You have to look extra hard for it. There are many forces at work to keep you from focusing on the positive. There's too much negative out there. If you have to, take a break from social media. I don't watch the news anymore, like at all. I can't. I don't want to. It's too fucking negative. It gets me in a very bad mood. And when one thing gets you in a bad mood, it's like a very slippery slope. The minute you, that one negative thought creeps in, you're gone. You're, a, you're done for. So focus on the positive. Number two, I want to talk, is, and this is extremely important. Very, very, very important. Find your stress relief. I don't care what that is. I don't care if it's setting everything aside and listening to this podcast, which I've had some of you tell me that you use my podcast as a stress reliever. I don't, is it my voice? Does my voice soothe you? And does it make you want to, I hope it doesn't make you want to fall asleep, but find a stress relief. Um, That could be many things. It would be reading a book. Uh, For me, I love video games and movies. When I want to just completely Zone out. And that's my stress relief is zoning out. I, I've got to get myself in a position where it's almost like putting blinders on a horse. The only thing I can see is right in front of me. So I get lost in playing uh, Call of Duty or Fortnite or whatever the latest game is. Or turning on old episodes of The Sopranos or Entourage or one of my favorite shows, The West Wing. I have bet I've watched the entire West Wing series 30 times. But you've got to find something. Maybe it's getting in your car and just driving around, turning on the radio, listening to music, step away from your goals, your dreams and your aspirations to be able to find some way in your life to relieve the stress. And it's got to be something that you do every every day, because, I mean, doctors agree stress is not good. It's not good for your heart. It's not good for your lungs. It's not good for your body. So every day you've got to find a way. I don't know if that's at the end of the day, but I'm trying to do that now. and, And more so at the end of the day is try to, whether it's just zone out watching TV or playing video games or, or doing something, watching YouTube. I love getting, I can get lost on YouTube. Maybe social media is a stress reliever for you. Do you get on TikTok and flip for hours and hours and hours and hours? And if that takes your brain off of the things that keep you stressed out, then there's nothing wrong with that. Some of you go work out. Some of you go to the gym. Some of you get on the treadmill. Some of you go ride bikes. Some of you go to a gym and go swimming. Whatever it is, you've got to find that thing that soothes you, that takes you out of your normal. Because I can promise if you do, if you can do these first two steps, if you can focus on the positive, find the positive, and then you can find some sort of stress reliever that allows you to alleviate a lot of of the stress that just keeps your mind clogged. Because listen, if you can find, here's the thing I find when I am, here's how I know that I have effectively relieved stress. I get creative. I get ideas. It's, it's almost like a funnel. When, when I get in an ultra creative mode, my funnel starts to fill up. Now, if you are familiar with how a funnel works, a lot goes in the top, it gets stuffed in the top and then slowly but surely it drips out the bottom. When I get creative, that's what happens. My brain turns into a funnel and I'm able to wipe away all the cloudiness out there that is keeping me distracted, whether it's trying to achieve this goal or get to this many listeners on the podcast or get this song in this movie or this song in this TV show or help this actor get this role in this film. When, when all of that, I can part those clouds, almost like parting the Red Sea. Then my mind starts to work like a funnel, and that's when I can be creative. My best ideas come in the middle of me sitting down just watching a TV show. And a lot of times I find that I get lost in the show or the game I'm playing. I'm not even really paying attention because at that point, I, bel- I do honestly believe there is a different frequency that we tap into. I used to write with a friend of mine a long time ago, and he called it the God frequency. And it was, there's there's just some bandwidth up there when you can clear your mind and your mind is at rest that you can tap into this quote unquote God frequency where it allows creative thoughts that can't fit through all of the mud and the cloudiness of your brain. It clears that out of the way so that it can get through. So finding some sort of stress relief is absolutely essential. I can tell you this, you're never going to achieve your goals and your dreams or your aspirations or get to the top of the next mountain you're trying to climb if you can't find the positive and if you are stressed out all of the time. Because you're not productive when you're stressed. Your body and your mind is occupied. You need to wipe all of that out of the way. And you need to try to find a way to do this every day. along with like the stress relief, finding that stress relief for you. You also need to take time for yourself. And I know for some of you, this is very difficult. I know some of you, and I've dealt with this in my own family, in my own life. My wife and I have talked about this at length. And, you know, she's even said before that she feels guilty when she takes time for herself, that, you know, we've got the kids, we've got the life, we've got the dog, we've got all of these other things that require our attention constantly. And she has said in the past that she feels guilty when she takes time for herself, but it is absolutely 100% a necessity. I, on the other hand, have no problems taking time for myself. I probably take way too much time for myself, but you get overwhelmed, right? You get absolutely overwhelmed with the day-to-day, and I know for me, I always feel like I'm doing something for somebody else, even if it's in the pursuit of Something that will ultimately benefit me. I feel like I am constantly, this person wants this from me. This person wants this from me. Uh, All the messages and direct messages I get because I put it on myself. I'm like, I've got to respond to these people right now. And and, and I love that. Don't get me wrong. I love it. But at some point, whether it's an hour a day or 30 minutes a day, God forbid, even 10 minutes, you've got to find some time for yourself. You've got to find some time to be able to step away from all of that and take a few minutes for yourself. Because this is all about your mental health. And that's a big topic these days. Everybody's talking about mental health, mental health, mental health. I think that if we focused on the positive, if we had some stress relievers and we started taking some time for ourselves, I think our mental health would be a lot better. I don't know anybody that's listening or watching that couldn't agree with that. Maybe that's the basis. Maybe that's the start. That is rule number one of having better mental health instead of focusing on everybody else all the time if you just had a little time every day to focus on yourself. Another point in this, point four, is taking responsibility for your actions. Stop blaming others for where you're at. We had an extremely popular episode a couple of weeks back called How to Identify Toxic People. And if you haven't had a chance to listen to this episode, I highly recommend that you do go back and listen to this episode. I couldn't believe the direct messages. And, and guys, I was getting, and those of you that are listening that did this, I, I just want to say bravo to you and applause to you because I don't know that I would have ever been a big enough person to do this. But I actually had people emailing me and messaging me saying that after listening to the episode, they realized that they had been the toxic person in somebody else's life. And they were messaging me saying, thank you for this, because now I'm going to reach out to this person and and basically admit that I have been that toxic person. And I don't want to be toxic, that toxic person to people anymore. That's powerful. That is taking responsibility for your own actions. We have the opportunity in the day-to-day life that we live to interact and and. Have those interactions with people all day long. How are you approaching those different situations? Are you taking responsibility for your own actions? Do you tend to find yourself blaming other people for the way that you are? Let me ask you this Do you blame other people, which keeps you from finding the positivity in your life? Do you blame other people, which then stresses you out? Are you busy blaming other people for the time that you don't have?
0: To take for yourself. You see what I'm saying here? I mean, it's, it's pretty simple. Take responsibility for your actions. Number five is something that I have a
1: very hard time with, and that is being more understanding. One of the biggest stressors for most individuals comes from misunderstanding. And developing the ability to see from another person's perspective without bias. It's hard to do. We all have this thing in our mind that we think and we're convinced that we know exactly the way things are. I mean, look at social media with everything that's going on in this with with COVID. I've seen people and friends on Facebook. The way that they talk, you'd swear to God they have a PhD. And they went to medical school. They've got an MD, PhD. They're uh, got a master's in psychology. You know. Meanwhile, they work at Home Depot. We've got to be more more understanding of one another, and that means being open to multiple point of views. That means having an open mind. That just because somebody thinks differently, acts differently, or believes something differently than we do, w- because here's the thing: you got to understand when you're not a very understanding person. You are taking all of what you think is wrong with everybody else and placing that on yourself. Do you realize you're not placing that on them? You're not making your disbelief in them or your misunderstanding of them and placing that on their shoulders. That's a burden you're picking up and putting on yours. Which keeps you stressed out, which keeps you worried which means you're not taking time for yourself. And when you do, you're taking that time to focus on what's wrong with all these other people and blaming all these other people. Meanwhile, just making it another big problem for you. Be more understanding. And, and I think a big part of this too is, is learning is learning to let
0: the fuck go.
1: We, and I, I'm, I do this horribly. I, I, Grip things so tight. When I've got something in my mind and I've got a goal that I'm trying to achieve, I hold on to it and I grip it very. T- I almost grip the life out of it. And at that point, I've I can't tell you the number of times in my own life when I've actually achieved the goal that I was trying to achieve, but I had literally squeezed the life of it during the journey, and it
0: wasn't worth having when I achieved it. That's that's a hundred percent honesty. Be more understanding. Number six is kind of
1: going back to the toxic people. You need to reevaluate your relationships. And this is all and I can get in trouble probably for this one, but this is this is all relationships. Because all relationships require work. Marriage, hardest job ever.
0: It's not easy your friends, your spouse, your family. I'll be real honest with you about,
1: uh, I don't know, maybe eight, nine years ago, I made the conscious decision to, I mean, alienate's a fine word, but basically cut out members of my family that I don't talk to, that I don't have anything to do with because they add nothing to my life but problems. And it's hard to do that. I know nobody wants to cut members of their family out or cut them off. And I didn't make it a very like, hey, fuck you. I'm done. It wasn't like that. I just stopped responding. I didn't return phone calls. And by, and by doing that, I made it very clear that I don't feel like you're adding value to my life. And there's, there's two very detrimental things that people can do and, and impact you negatively in your life or your business. And that is one If they don't add value, then they are of a negative value. And a lot of people don't, I've said that before and I took some flack for it and a lot of people don't like it, but look, it's the truth. I sit here, I'm almost 44 years old. I don't have time for people that don't add value to my life in some way, form, or fashion. Now, that doesn't mean people that aren't paying me or that don't advance me to where I want to. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about people that don't help you achieve one of these other steps we're talking about. Do they help relieve stress from you? Do they encourage you to take time for yourself? Are they more understanding of you? All of these different things. If these people in your life and the, the relationships that you have in your life, if they are not bearing fruit, then you don't need to have them. It's, it's absolutely ridiculous. It's, it's like having a refrigerator in your house that doesn't work, but yet you keep putting Cokes and milk and everything in there and you know just hoping one day maybe you'll reach in there and that Coke's going to be cold. It's the same thing. You would never do that. You would never in a million years do that. You've got to approach your relationships that way. And if you're out there and you're listening, you just like the toxic people episode, I know that, that right now, those of you that are watching or listening are, are picturing faces of people. Because I am. <laughs> that don't add value to your life. And that value does not always, like I said, have to come with some sort of financial dollar amount. I'm not saying, you know, well, if people aren't paying you, then, you know, kick them to the curb. That's not, I'm talking about you. I'm not, I'm not even necessarily talking about your business because the truth is, is that your business will never be successful if you aren't successful personally first. That's just the God's honest truth. And, and more times than not, there are two things that I see that keep people from being successful. And this is. This is just how it is. You can like that I'm going to say this. You can not like it, but it is the way that it is. There are two things most of the time that I see that keep people from success. Finances and other people. Two things. If you can get the other people right, most of the time when you get the people thing right, it leads to the finances. I I don't know why that is. I don't know if it's a rule of the, 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 the evolution of the world that we're not allowed to see, but it is that way. Make sure the people in your life are adding value to your life in some way, form, or fashion. And if they aren't, there's no need for them to be in your life whatsoever. They're just taking up space. They're probably taking up that time that you should be taking for yourself. And maybe that's the trade-off. Maybe the trade-off is, I'm not going to spend as much time with this person. I'm going to allocate that time for myself. So reevaluate your relationships. If they aren't adding value to your life, get rid of them. Get them out of your life and replace that with something that is valuable. Because people that are just there, that aren't adding value, are just as bad as toxic people. That's a bold statement if you really think about it. But I know in my life, I don't have time or room for seat fillers. I need people sitting in those seats that want to be there. And they want to add something and add value to my life. And hopefully in return, I add value to their life because this is a two-way street. Because the one thing you got to think about, and it's uncomfortable to think about, is there are people out there right now that are listening or watching this podcast. And you are thinking of somebody in your life that isn't adding value. Meanwhile, that other person is sitting there thinking about you and that you don't add value to their life. It's happening right now. So as much as you want people to add value to your life, you need to be adding value to their life as well. Maybe these are some things you should think about when you start taking more time for yourself is, okay, are, are, is this person X, Y, and Z, are they adding value to my life? Well, then the flip side of that coin is, okay, well, am I adding value to their life? Maybe they're not adding value to yours because you're not adding value to theirs. Relationships, two-way street, 50-50, but actually more like 100-100. So as you reevaluate your relationships, make sure that you're holding up your end of the bargain with the people that you have relationships
0: with. Because I have I've, look personally and professionally, I have been through that for many years
1: where I felt that I was giving way more than I was getting. And that gets old. That gets very old. Very old. It is emotionally draining. Those are the people, when you see them, that their name comes up on your phone, whether they've texted you or emailed you or called you. It's like, ah, fuck. If you've got one of those, get them out of your life. Because that's the last thing that you need. If you have, when you, when, when you see that person's name come across your phone and you don't have anything but a positive
0: response, get them out of your life. Because they're not adding value. And most likely, they're draining you of what you do have. So I know it's hard, but get rid of them. Number seven, live your best life. Now, and I'm not joking either. I'm not, this is a hashtag,
1: you know, living my best life. I'm not talking about the best life that people post on social media that is completely unrealistic. You know, I'm not talking. There's a guy on uh, YouTube that I follow. I Actually, I don't follow him. I, I, I do not subscribe to his channel. I think he's bullshit, has absolutely no reason to have the following that he has because he has absolutely no success to back his advice on. However, what this motherfucker does is he goes out frequently and he rents supercars like Lamborghinis, Ferraris and shit like that. And he'll rent them for a day. And he takes his cameras out and he takes pictures with these cars. And then he posts them on social media. Because what he's trying to do is trying to make you think that that's the life that he lives. And if you buy his program and you listen to him and you watch his YouTube videos, that you too could live like this. Because that's a big thing in the music industry. Most everybody wants to succeed so that they can live this certain lifestyle, not just so they can have the success. They want the lifestyle that comes along with it. That's not living the best life I'm talking about. That is living a fake best life. That's living a perceptual best life. Stop focusing on the perception of what other people think and who you want other people to think you are. Let them see who you really are. Because I can promise you most of you are more interesting and likable people as you are way so much more than the people that you want to be or the person that you want other people to think
0: you already are.
1: Perception is a huge problem. And I think perception a lot of times keeps us from living our best life because we're not living our life. We're trying to live a life we don't have yet. Again, guilty as charged. You can go back over my Instagram feed over the last two to three years and see how much I've changed. Because I now listen here, and this is this is cocky and this is arrogant, but that's just who the fuck I am. This guy goes and rents supercars. I fucking own them. Okay, so I don't need to go rent a supercar to take a picture in front of to post it. I fucking own them. Okay, I don't have to go rent an Airbnb big fucking house and do I had one. I had all of those things. They didn't make me near as happy as I thought. So why in the world would I want to portray that out to the world whenever I know achieving those things is not ultimately what makes me happy, and I know it's not going to make you happy either. Live your best life, and only you know what that means, what the definition of that means. Don't worry about what you think I think the definition of that means. Don't worry or think about, well, if I post this, all these people are going to think I'm I'm cool and I've got this. Don't worry about what we think.
0: Most of us spend way too much time and giving way too much credence to what other people think about us. And when we do that, it leads us to not fulfilling any of these other steps we've
1: talked about in all honesty. The stress of trying to keep up with perception is probably one of the most detrimental things we can bring on ourselves. Because on one hand, you've got the stress of actually trying to bring that to fruition. You've got the stress of actually trying to become that successful because that's your goal. That's enough stress on its own. And then when you've not achieved that yet, but you want other people to think you are, because God forbid, everybody that looks at you doesn't think you're the most successful person that ever walked the face of the planet, then you've gotten the stress of keeping up with the perception to make people think that you are somewhere that you aren't. That's a lot of work. That's a lot of stress. How in the world can you find a stress reliever among all of that? How in the world can you take time for yourself when you're busy trying to keep up with everybody else? How can you be more understanding of other people when you don't even fucking understand yourself? How do you expect other people to get to know you when you don't even know who you are? And there are so many of you out there that are listening and so many other people out there that aren't listening, but there are so many of you out there that are so worried about making people believe that your perception is your reality, that that is what's holding you back. And then you ultimately get tired and you ultimately give up. Why? Because you've been living this perceptual lifestyle and other people think, because of what you've posted and what you say, that you've already achieved it. So why do
0: they want to buy into you? Where's the growth? Where does it go from here? I'm fully expecting this idiot. That
1: I was talking about right now. It's it's the houses and it's the supercars at any day. I'm expecting for him to to have a selfie with a Gulfstream. Knowing full well that he doesn't even fucking own the car in the picture that he drove to get to the airport. And he certainly doesn't own the Gulfstream. Can you imagine how much pressure and stress that guy keeps and, and is constantly under? to try to get people to believe that he's something that he's not. When in all honesty, he's probably a great guy and he means well and he, he has every good intention. But instead of selling himself and selling his good intentions and just being honest with people about who he is and where he is in his life, he feels like he has to live this alternate Universe, live this alternate version of himself that is more successful because you, for some reason, he thinks you might find that more valuable. Now, the other side of that coin is we as a people have to stop buying into that shit. We have to stop treating people as if their real world and real life value is determined upon what they have or the quote unquote living their best life
0: photo they just posted. Is somebody more believable because they drive a McLaren? Uh, Is somebody more
1: believable if they live in a 40,000 square foot mansion in Beverly Hills? Because when you get to that level in business, I'm going to level this out with you real quick. I'm going to level this and this is just this is I wouldn't even plan on talking about this, but we're going to talk about it because I think it I think it pertains. When you see all of these people, let's take Grant Cardone. For example, all that shit Grant Cardone has he he talks about his fucking airplanes and his cars. It is all other people's money. It's not his money. All of these people that live this huge lifestyle on social media, 80% of them, it's not the money they've made. It's not the life they've made for themselves. They have business partners and investors that put millions of dollars into their companies, and then they use that money to live this lifestyle because we've all allowed them to believe that it's that lifestyle we're all seeking. So, therefore, we will listen, buy, do whatever they tell us that we need to do because we too want to live that lifestyle. That is not their, That is a lifestyle that they are renting, they are leasing, they are making payments on that perception,
0: which, like I said, is a huge other stress in and of itself. It's okay to be you. Live your best life, but only you are the one that knows
1: what the definition of that is. You need to walk your own path and be free from judgment. Try to get as best you can to a place where you don't care what other people think. It's such a freeing place to be. I can't say that I'm 100% there yet because, quite honestly, what I do for a living depends largely upon whether people like it or not. Whether it's the songs I write, records I produce, or this podcast, or the, the agency. I mean, it depends on people liking it. But I don't have to live my life there. I I can be okay with not everybody liking it. I can do my best. That's all I can do. I can write the best song that I can write. I can do the best podcast that I can do. There's only so much that I can do myself. And at the end of it, I hope that it's good enough for you. I hope that you like it. But where I've gotten in my life is I'm not going to live my life based on
0: the fact of whether or not you like it or not. Why? Because it's not healthy for me. And if you get anything out of this podcast today, I think that's the point. Focus
1: a little bit more on yourself. Get yourself to a point where you can answer that question. Am I satisfied with my life? And the answer to that question is
0: yes. Thanks for joining us for the Steve Freeman Podcast. Podcast. Be sure to subscribe and follow Steve on social media at at the Steve Freeman.